0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Welcome to the Coco Express Network Talk Radio that informs Talk Radio that inspires Talk Radio that enlightens Talk Radio for us all Afternoon, everyone. Peace and blessings. I'm Dr. Linda Wiley, and welcome to Relationship Remedies. This is the place to discuss hot topics related to the health of your relationship. So bring your questions, concerns, and comments, and most of all, bring an open mind. Today, on Relationship Remedies, we're talking about how to have a more prosperous life, emotionally, physically, Morally, and even in personal relationships. Bad habits, for the most part, lead to bad financial decisions that in turn dictate everything about your life, whether it's in the emotional space, the physical space, the moral space, etc. So the reality is, if you want a better, prosperous life, then there will be some things that you'll need to identify and stop doing. So today's discussion will take place in two parts. Part two, will involve a special guest, and I'll introduce him in just a few moments. But let's begin with part one, how to express heartfelt commitment to your partner. One way to do this is by speaking the proper love language. About 20 years ago, Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Five Love Languages. In his book, he stated that most people have a primary and a secondary love language. What do we mean by love language? Love language. Well, love language refers to the way you express love and commitment to another individual. It needs to be in a format that they understand. So, for example, if you speak Spanish to someone who only understands Chinese, not only will they not understand you, but their needs will not be met. So in the same way, if you speak the wrong love language to someone, then his or her needs will not be met, and again, they won't understand you. So according to Chapman, there are five love languages. We're going to talk about those five love languages, and then I'm going to uh, introduce my guest, who is author and financial with Paul D. Jones. And when Mr. Jones comes on, he'll share with us some information from his new book entitled I Quit, and we'll make some connections between the book and how you can express heartfelt commitment to your partner. So let's get started with those love languages. One of the five that Gary Chapman talks about is called words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. For some people, it's important that they hear positive words. They feel loved when you say things to them. So there are people that need that verbal affirmation. So things like please, thank you, I'm sorry, I appreciate you, you look really nice today, I enjoy it when you and then fill in the blanks. Those are things that would be words of affirmation. And for some people, it doesn't matter what you do. If you don't say, I love you, they don't feel loved. Now, you'll remember that I uh, recently wrote a book, actually it came out in 2014, called Tame Your Tongue and Transform Your Relationship. The book, of course, is available on my website, drlindawiley.net. It's available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. But in the book, Tame Your Tongue and Transform Your Relationship, I talk about communication styles. I talk about the fact that some tongues, a way of communicating, happen to be conniving or careless, while others happen to be controlled or caring. When you have words of affirmation as your primary love language, you need to hear that caring tongue over and over and over again. So if you think your love language or your partner's love language is words of affirmation, then make sure you're giving them the encouraging words that they need and pick up a copy of my book. It will help. Another love language that Dr. Chapman talks about is quality time. Quality time means paying attention, listening, having conversation, sharing your day. It means when we uh get together, you're not busy doing your thing and I'm doing mine, but we might sit together and enjoy a meal. And while we're enjoying that meal, we're talking to one another, not checking our phones. Or we may sit down and watch a movie together, and we might, um you know, cuddle up and just spend good quality time. A third one is called acts of service. Acts of service means those things that you do without being asked in order to help the other person. So are you cleaning the house? taking out the trash, washing a car, ironing his clothes, having his lunch ready for him to take with him when he leaves for work in the morning. Things that you do to go out of your way in order to show love. The fourth one is uh, physical touch. Physical touch means you're someone who likes to hold hands, to cuddle, kiss, show intimacy physically. You're not uh, opposed to public displays of affection. And unless you can actually touch someone, you don't really feel loved. Last but not least is one called receiving gifts. And even though they all kind of touch up on some of the things that my guest Paul Jones and I will be talking about today, receiving gifts is probably the one that's most closely aligned with, with his topic, I quit, because the book talks about I quit being broke. So receiving gifts means you're someone who, unless you give me cards on special holidays, unless you buy me gifts for birthday, Christmas, those kinds of things, and in addition, come home with a gift for no reason at all. Bring flowers during the day. Uh, Maybe send me cards throughout the week. Those kinds of things would exemplify someone who has a love language of receiving gifts. So those would be the five. To go back over them quickly, we have words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, and receiving gifts. One of the reasons they're so important is because you can actually be loving someone but be loving them in the wrong way. So if what I need is, let's say, uh, one of mine does happen to be words of affirmation, if you're buying me gifts, and gifts aren't important to me, I'm not feeling loved. So quite often what happens in relationships, we find that one person feels like the other is ungrateful. And it's not that they're ungrateful. You're just speaking to them in the wrong language. So we do know that when we look at why relationships fail, one of the main reasons happens to be communication. Another one, which is closely aligned, happens to be around money or finances. So without any further ado... Let me introduce you to author and financial whiz, Paul D. Jones. Respected for his sage financial guidance and practical self-help modules, the nationally known author and certified financial education instructor, Paul Jones, is set to take on a 2016 with a plethora of new platforms, including a fresh new title, I Quit Being Broke. As CEO of Jones Marketing Group, Incorporated, he is a frequent guest on radio and TV, taking his mission to improve the lives of as many people as possible across the country and throughout the airwaves as well. After the back-to-back successful releases of Who Told You You Were Broke?, his, a second book called Schedule for Success, and a third book called What You and Your Kids Need to Know About Credit, Jones is offering yet another impressive perspective to one's financial advancement with his latest book, I Quit and a subsequent book and lecture tour accompanying it, and it will begin early this year. So, Paul, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me on.
1: I am doing great, and I am so pleased to have you on. I mean, we do know that relationships and finances go well together, because if you get one right, it spills over into the other. So it's great to have you on. You know, in this month of February, which so many people associate with love, I think we overlook some of the underlying factors that feed into how loving we may feel. So let me just start off by asking you, um, tell us a little bit about the book and what inspired you to write it.
0: Well, one, I quit. is What, what inspired me is working in sales and marketing, as we have a Jones Marketing Group and a company called JamG Network. And, uh, you know, I have uh, our marketing sales agents who are out, you know, building more clients. And just work with individuals when I'm on speaking tours or whatever, and and you hear people all the time say, well, I was doing this, but I quit. And then I just ask them, well, what caused you to quit? And it's usually some form of fatigue, you know. But I get them to understand and realize that, well, when you stop, you stop what could be. And usually the result of what could be is the financial treasure that's sitting there. So it's all a part of the mindset so I just said, you know what, uh, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon and, and toe or anything like that, I, you know, no wealth at all. We were actually on welfare at a young age, and you know, but I had a hardworking mother and, and, and lovely woman. And uh, I just said, you know what, there's certain things that I had to quit. And instead of uh, using the word I quit in general just to just stop, quit a job or whatever, I just said I quit making the decisions that actually caused me to lack. So I quit being broke. And that is an action. It's a verb. And it, from watching people over the years uh, quit whatever it is, I don't care if you're in a gym working out and you finally just get tired of working out, so you quit. Well, now you don't get in shape the way you wanted to. You know, or you get frustrated at a job because no matter what we do, we all go through a fatigue point when you get frustrated. So they quit the job. Well, now you don't get the check. You know, well, when you look in, as you spoke about love and family, it's when people give up too soon. Well, you're quitting on what could be. So instead of me quitting on what could be, I quit all the things that were stopping me from being what I could be. So all the bad habits, the bad decisions, any decision that I would make that would stop me from getting where I wanted to be, I had to quit that action versus let that interrupt the success that I was desiring in life. And as my life started developing and getting better, I realized that, oh, this works. So uh, as I'm out and I get a lot of people who call me for advice, and I just told them, so if you're going to quit anything, quit being broke.
1: And uh, that
0: that changed the whole perspective and the whole dynamic.
1: It really does. You know, and and as a a life coach and relationship coach, I can – I really resonate with a lot of what you're saying because you're you're right on point. We don't reach the goal because we quit. So if you're going to quit something, quit the negativity. Don't quit the positive thing. I mean that that's just so simple but so brilliant. And you know I find oftentimes in speaking with people that we focus on what can I do to gain more. And maybe instead of focusing on what do I do to, to gain more, how about focusing on what you can quit that's getting in the way? So um, I really like that. I exactly. Can set up. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to frame it because we all know how to quit. We've done it before. We know we can do it. So we may not know that we can strive for that goal, but I know I can quit some of the negativity. So tell me, who was the audience that you that's had right. in mind when you wrote?
0: Uh, well, number one, I always start with my own background, you know, and, and I just said, you know what, I, I have to speak to myself first. When I look in the mirror and I say, okay, I was I was a young African-American male, Growing up in society uh, in the 80s, you know, they said uh, because of the crack epidemic and everything else, when we're growing up in the the Illinois area and and Wisconsin, which had a high crime rate, everyone was saying, well, you know, people around here, you usually don't make it to a a certain age. You know, so I always go and say, well, I got to speak to myself, the little Paul Joneses of the world. Uh, But from there, when I'm writing and everything that I write, everything that I teach is always universal for everyone because I realized that I may go through something, but somebody else may have some diff- different demographics or a different situation, but the foundation of the problem may be the same. So the atmosphere, although it may be different, the, the concept of what's happening is the same. So struggle is struggle, no matter who you are and where you're from, you just have yeah. to embrace the struggle that you're in to say, okay, well, if, if I'm in the suburbs, my struggle looks like this. But if I'm in the inner city, my struggle looks like another form of struggle, and you have to say, okay, let me understand what it is, and I stop. And one of the things is, you just have to stop being negative. I always tell people negative people will always find a problem with the solution, and it's exactly why I stay stay away from them. You know, so mm-hmm. when people go and get negative and say, well, you know, I, I don't believe you'll make it. You know, when I first started my my uh, first business, you know, people would be like, well, I, I don't know anyone who has done that before well, I would really listen to what they said, and I would internalize it. I don't know anyone. And then I would look at them and say, well, you're about to know someone, because I'm going to do it. And what that is is it's almost a self-defeating thought that someone is almost kind of like speaking a prophecy over your life, saying, well, because I don't know. And think about the arrogant statement this is. Well, because I don't know anyone who succeeded in that. What makes you think you're going to succeed? That
1: you can, right, or or think anyone ever has because I don't know anyone. Yeah.
0: Right. So I I tell people, well, there was a first time for everything. Somebody flew the first plane. Someone drove the first car. Someone made the first tire. Someone made the first lasagna, whatever you want to call it. Somebody made the first fried chicken. It doesn't matter (laughs) however you look at it. Somebody did first someone hit the first home run and someone got the first touchdown and then they modified from that point. So in other words, it may not have happened perfect the first time, but if you are truly paying attention to what you're doing, then you will make yourself perfect. And then that's why it's called modification. You know, well, okay, I got this far. Now let me readjust and let me remodify or recalibrate what I'm doing. And now you go a little further but it's all a thought process to keep the vision that you want in line and then understand that the whole book of I Quit, meaning the foundation of it is I quit thinking with a poverty mindset. That does Mm -hmm. not mean that I was not in poverty and the things around me were based and had the foundation of poverty. It just meant that I was no longer going to adopt those thought patterns. So once you adopt certain thought patterns, then you can start seeing a different way out, and you'll start doing things. And as you gradually make your way out, you'll be like, Wow, this works! So, I, I have this joking thing that I tell people all the time at conferences I have enough information that I can make you a millionaire, and everyone will laugh, and I won't be laughing because it's all a thought process. Those well, who truly really believe, I'm
1: certainly not laughing. <laughs> I want to find out later how you make me a millionaire. I'm certainly not laughing when you make a statement like that. But you were touching on some things, and before you go too much further, I want to bring you back to something. So because we're talking about, you know, a more prosperous life, and I know when I read some of your uh, information, some of the marketing information around the book, it did talk about having um, a better life emotionally, physically, morally, and in personal relationships. So connect some of the dots for us. What are you finding in terms of, people quitting being broke and the impact that it's having on other areas of their life?
0: Well, number one, uh, you'll have people say, especially when you're connected to relationships, and that's just best friends, not just husbands and wives, uh, but that's just friends and other relatives and people who grew up with you. They're going to give you a confirmation. The confirmation to some, will take it as a negative, but it's actually the first stage of of positive thoughts and and positive affirmation. And they will say, you changed. You have changed. Well, when I started changing for thinking different, the people around me would say, you changed. Some, because they don't understand the change, they're saying it to say, now change back to who you were. Now, what wow. you have to recognize is in order for you to get where you want to be, it is undoubtedly that you must change some things about your personal behavior and your personal actions. And that all first comes from thought. So once you do that, then, yes, the people around you and your personal relationships, they will be the first to notice it. And now you have to do your part to say, hey, I made some adjustments because I have a different plan for my life, but it has nothing to do with, you know, looking bad upon you or, You know, I just don't have time to go play like we used to because there's a scripture in the Bible that even says idle chatter leads to poverty. Mm. So one thing that would be, I would say, my pet peeve is when people would have what I call barbershop talk. You know how you go or the beauty salon talk. You're sitting in there and everyone's having a conversation about a current issue and everyone has their opinion, but no one's getting up to do anything about it Well, that's idle chatter. So we all have opinions, we all have ideas, we all speculate on what should have happened or what's going to happen, but it's just idle chatter. No one's going to do anything about it. So once you say, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to make a change, I'm ready to do something different, well, you've got to realize that your conversation must now move to action. It cannot just be talking about it any longer. You have to take action, and, and that's where I always tell people you must move uh, from faith, move your faith, and move it over the fear base. Because you know what? Uh, you got to have faith over fear. People, and when I speak faith, I'm speaking faith means action. But so you got to have action to go. And whenever you're going some places you've never been before, that's why we have fear, because we always fear the unknown. So if I work a regular nine to five, you know, like I used to work at Taco Bell, you know, and I tell people that all the time because I'm like, I can... Look him in the eye and say, I was a guy to get up and I would go to work at Taco Bell. That's where I worked. Now, today, if I wanted to, I could buy a Taco Bell franchise without a problem. So we have to say, well, what was the mindset of the guy who went up and was an employee at a Taco Bell? So 20 years later, now can go buy an entire franchise if you wanted to. What was the difference? It's all thought process. I took action and I went into an area, but I studied. You don't just get up and go run and, and not know, you know, how to run. It's like you'll go, you can't go run a marathon and run it like, a, you know, what you say, boat. You're going to run out of steam really fast. And, you know, I'm even going to laugh at you and say, well, why did he you go 100 miles per hour knowing that it was a marathon? But you have to understand the whole concept, pace yourself, get the right counsel, and then do it where that all goes back to the mindset and the understanding to humble yourself because you don't know it all, excuse me, just like I didn't know it all. So that's what it is. The mindset has to connect with action, and we have to realize to get the right foundation and the right counsel from people who have been in those areas so that they can guide you.
1: Okay, so I'm hearing some steps come out of this. Um, What I'm hearing is you have to change your thoughts, You've got to take your conversation and move it to action. Faith over fear, and you need to study. And as part of that, getting a good foundation and some good guidance and counsel. What other steps? Absolutely. Talk- yeah. What, so, what other steps do you talk about in the book? If I want to quit being broke, what other things do I need to do?
0: Well, I'll give two things that slow people up that mess people up. Is one, uh, you have to have patience. Because we live in a microwave society, and everybody wants everything to happen. It's it's no such thing as to get-rich-quick, but there is a such thing as you will get rich. But you must have patience. So if if you don't have patience, then the next step will come in, and that means you must be slow to anger. When people get impatient, the next phase that comes to them is anger, and it's frustration because you have to pace yourself to say, okay, I'll do this and then you must have consistent and unshakable belief you know it it it's uh you got to just know that you're going to make it because when you're doing something and all of a sudden you say uh you want to go to a level that no one in your neighborhood and no one in your family has ever gone before and you're not saying you want to go to that area because you feel you're better than anyone or anything like that. It's just that's what your heart desires. You really want to accomplish something greater in life. Well, in doing so, that's why you have to have patience, because it's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen. You must be slow to anger, because people will say things. They will try to distract you. In my first book, Who Told You Were Broke?, I got it from the whole concept of Adam and Eve when when God was looking for Adam and Eve in the garden, and he said, where were you? You heard me calling you, and he said, uh, we were naked, so we hid. He said, who told you you were naked? You know, well, the whole concept now today, we're hiding from my blessings. We're hiding from from my dreams. And then we say, well, I can't do it because I'm broke. Well, who told you you were broke? Yeah, that's because good. Because the serpent or the enemy, the enemy told you he hated you, who hated you in the first place will always manipulate you so to make you think that you can't accomplish something that God has already given you the talent and the gift to go ahead and do. So you have exactly. to see this up there, and that's why. We have to say, hey, I'm not going to get mad at this. I'm going to be slow to anger, and I'm going to have unshakable relief. I'm going to be consistent. So you can't go, then stop, and then say, well, I'll start uh, again in a few months. People never stop back. You have to go, then keep going, then go some more, then keep going, then go some more, and keep going. And every day that you keep going, although most people can't notice it, and sometimes we don't even notice it, you grow a little bit. I I, I run a, a joke about myself. I had, at one time got up to almost four hundred pounds, so I'm I'm considerably down, thank God. Uh, mm-hmm. But I tell people, you know, when I graduated from high school, I was two hundred pounds, maybe one ninety, in shape, the whole nine. But what I didn't notice is that every year, I maybe grew a pound Five pounds. So think about it. You go a whole year, you're 200 pounds, you go a whole year. The next year, you're 19 years old, you now weigh 205. The next year, you gain five more pounds, now you're 210. Ten years after that, that's 50 pounds, now you're 250. The next year, well, your metabolism slowed down because you weigh a little heavier, so you move down. You don't notice that you're really growing, and everything around you is moving at such a slow pace, but it's still moving. So that next year, you gain another 50. Now you're 300. And before you even realize it, 15 years later, you're approaching being a true heavyweight. So mm-hmm. now you say, okay, stop, stop, put the brakes on. So you look at it and say, let me look at what I did wrong over the last 20 years and adjust the patterns or adjust the behavior.
1: Yeah. So when you
0: adjust the behavior, you... Instantly start reversing your metabolism. You instantly start losing weight, but it all takes action. Now time. you get up.
1: Time. And you, you, yeah,
0: it takes time. Exactly. So today, a person looks and say, "Whoa, this guy is under three hundred now." Well, all right. Well, the same thing happens in our financial life. At the same place, you can right. say, "Okay, yes, I've been broke all my life." Okay, now I'm going to stop doing it that way. The same way I said. I'm going to stop eating that way, and it's all based on a belief. I believe if I eat in this new way, then the results of my belief, and I stay consistent, means this is my new body style. Well, great. Exactly. Then in your financial world. When you when you change your thought process and your habits and your patterns of how you have your finances, then it changes your bank account. So to. Stop You're you wealthy. there
1: because I don't want us to run out of time. There are a couple more things that I want to cover with you, and I don't want us the time go so fast. I want to stop you there because I want to go yeah. back and just highlight the fact that the things you pointed out are biblically based, and I love it. You talked about patience. You talked about being slow to anger. You talked about consistent and unshakable belief, which is another way of saying faith. So again, it links it all back yeah. to the the foundation of of life. I mean, just going back to that scriptural base. And anytime we do things in God's order, we're going to be successful if we faint not. So I love the fact that everything you're doing is linked to those things. The other thing or another thing that I like about what you're saying is, again, I started out by talking about love languages because so often I think we're just loving one another the wrong way. Certainly we can be loving the wrong person, but many times we're loving the right person, we're loving them the wrong way. And, again, it takes someone to stand up and say, you know, maybe I've never uh, been someone who's held hands in public or or cuddled or kissed, you know, outside of my home, those kinds of things. But if that's the language that your person needs to feel love, then some of these same principles apply. You have to quit doing what doesn't work and start moving towards Mm -hmm. what it is that you say you want to have. You've got to be patient with one another. You've got to be slow to anger because as you um, pointed out and and as I said about your marketing materials, we're talking about how this touches on all areas of your life. So I love the fact that these principles can apply not only to finances but to other things as well. So whether the love language, and people can Google Gary Chapman, uh, Google the five love languages. There is an online assessment to help you know which language is yours. But find out so that you can get into the process of loving one another the right way, and especially with the one about receiving gifts. Get to the root of why you like to receive gifts, and is that putting a strain on the finances? Because, again, these things are all connected. So if you don't feel love unless someone is buying something for you, what is that doing to you financially, and what kind of financial mindset are you in? Paul, before we end, um, let us know a little bit about the tour and how people can get in touch with you.
0: Well, they all can go to pauldjones.com, dot com and uh, then the email on on there. I think it's mail at pauldjones.com also. But pauldjones. dot com. Uh, anyone that want me to come to their city, uh, just tell them, to, you know, let us know and and uh, we'll be out there. I know uh, myself and a good friend of mine who over a company called Above Average Group and uh, just some elite leaders who are doing some incredible things with our company, JMG Network. And uh, so uh, Jason Lee and myself will be in several cities. I know we're going to Phoenix. I know we'll be in uh, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Houston, Texas, New Orleans, and that's just off the uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and that's just a few. And my whole goal is we we do the financial uh, university, financial education university, and my whole uh, theme behind it is think big by understanding the little. And we okay. just want people who have some form of a vision to, I hope I can help them take action on whatever it is they want to do with their life. Because I've been there. I know what it's like to want figure out. I want a better car. I want to be able to buy a house. Right? You know, how to just get off this job. Like I said, at one time when I was at Taco Bell, I didn't know I would leave Taco Bell. That exactly. was all I knew. But like, Life changes, so I hope to provoke thought in whatever dreams or ideas they have. I hope that I can show them a way to go make that dream a reality, and just really being there to say, "I, I want to be the guy that I wish I would have known twenty-five years ago. Maybe yeah. the process could have happened faster." So I realized that I had to go through some things, and now I'm just willing to teach and say, "Hey, I'm not bragging on how God has blessed us financially." I'm just giving a testimony of how things are working for
1: testimony. me. testimony and, and we all learn from it. from it. Yeah, we live, we learn yes. from one another's testimonies. So I appreciate that. Unfortunately, our time is up. So, I do want to say that I'm Atlanta-based and I'm definitely going to find out when you're coming to Atlanta. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to come to one of your your uh seminars or your talks about the book And, again, if you want to learn more about Paul Jones, please go to pauldjones.com. His book is available on Amazon. It's called I Quit. It's one of several that he's written. Paul, it was a pleasure having you as the guest. Maybe we'll have you come back some other time, and we can talk a little bit further. So at this time, folks, I just want to thank you for joining us. It's my desire to strengthen families by prescribing remedies for your relationship challenges. So thank you once again for letting me speak into your life. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. For more content, visit us at thecocoexpressshow.com, blog talk radio, and